Good afternoon. Okay, so we're going to start um, listening over yesterday's word. I wanted to start off with reminding you this, that when you look into Genesis chapter 1, so I'm going to try and be quick today, but when you look into Genesis chapter 1, you're not going there, don't worry. Genesis chapter 1 showed us the creation and formation of the man. God created everything. Take note that I said to you that whatever we were to see in the book of Genesis in regards to the creation of the world, mankind, animals, and all that existed, I want you to take note of that this was the revelation according to Moses. Throughout scripture, you would see that there's still a limitation on the way man can comprehend God and the things that God does. So again, for you to understand the point that I've just made, take um, into consideration the man called John. When he had Revelation, the book of Revelation, the whole book was based on what the Spirit of the Lord showed him. But even as much as he had insight to what the Spirit of God was going to show him, he can only have a limitation of expression of what he has seen. So he would say things like, I saw this like. It wasn't the total thing. He had to give a likeness to it so that we may also be able to understand. It's been through generations and having men of God, fathers over us, a father over us who has expanded the scripture. And he has shown us how the book of Revelation, having been written years, plenty of years ago, um, thousands of years ago, it's by the revelation of our father that we're able to see how applicable what, was, what John was seeing is to our day and age. So what I'm trying to show you is just that there are limitations to what man can see. So when we look at Moses, for example, and he gives the account of the creation stories, he's going to have to define days according to what he knows. Are you listening to me? Remember that God is not limited to time at all. But man will have to use their limitations to describe a God that beats all comprehension. Again, to just to add a bit more um, um, depth to what I'm saying. Remember that also the Bible says that there's a, there's a love that surpasses knowledge. Do you understand that? So there's a realm beyond what your mind can comprehend. That's simply what I'm trying to submit to you first. There's a realm that's beyond what your mind can comprehend. There's a limitation. And that's why God would say things like, um, my thoughts are greater than your thoughts, are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So that's what makes us be able to submit or that's what should make us able to submit to God. Knowing that he is beyond us. Knowing that there's a realm we cannot access without him. Knowing that he can do more than we can ever do for ourselves. So going back to the story of Moses or when he gives the account of the man created in Genesis 1.26, we see what we know as the mandate. Be fruitful, multiply, so on and so on. But what we took from yesterday, having gone into the book of John and hearing the words of Christ directly, that no one can do anything unless they are in the vine. That the branch that is cut off from the vine will only just dry out, will wither away, and eventually it will be committed to the fire. But the branch that remains in, and I don't want you to lose the instruction or forget the instruction that was shared yesterday, remain, stay alive, keep your relationship aflame. Do whatever. And you know the thing about relationships is that relationships are not forever beautiful. 
are you listening to what I'm saying to you? There will be times that you and your brother may have a disagreement. That does not mean that you don't have a relationship. The key to relationship is how well you fight for the upkeep of that relationship. So in no way or form am I saying that the words that you're hearing means that all of a sudden you're going to be perfected today. Because what you're going to see into scripture or what the scriptures I'm going to show you in a moment, you would see in scripture that God even calls his law the perfecting law of liberty. Meaning that the more you're in it, the more it perfects you. Perfection will not come overnight. God is aware of that. But there's a type of attitude that he wants us to develop. This attitude will be the guarantee of our future with him. Do you understand these things? So when we look at the mandate, like I said to you, and going back to what John said or what Christ said in the book of John is that, you see, you must remain in him to be able to produce anything. If you're going to give evidence or produce evidence of Christ that dwells in you, it's going to be because you are completely in union and united to him. You are one with him. And God gave us that instruction, therefore, upon that truth that we should remain. But I then took you back to Genesis 1 saying that actually the first thing that God was going to speak to the man, the very first point of conversation, what we thought was just God spewing words, or we thought it was just a bunch of statements, was actually God programming a formula that will bring increase, that will bring the subduing of nations, that will, be, that will bring the dominion of God here on earth. When God says be fruitful, what God was saying to the man was not go and see how you can add to yourself externally. If you look at the world that we're in today, if someone's going to feel that they're anything, it's all about what is added to them, what they are clothed by, what they drive. It's all external things. But when God looked at the man and said be fruitful, what he was actually, what actually he was saying was a call for intimacy. Remember what scripture said, that no one can do anything unless you are in me. How would you be fruitful? God says, if you do not bear fruit, you'll be cut off. So how are you fruitful? Intimacy, oneness with God. So when God, and I have to repeat this today so that you know that this is the first thing that God is asking for. And you'd see Christ confirm this also when he says that above all things, love the Lord with all your heart, your mind. So today when I was praying this morning, I was saying, God, pull my heart from everything else because you ask for all of my heart, not part of it. If I love you fully, I will love people properly. If I love you partly, I will love people incorrectly. You will, you will actually... Um, um, not learn how to manage sheep, manage people as you should because it's out of the love of God that you replicate anything here on earth. So when we begin to say things like when God says to us that it's be fruitful, when he says, when he says be fruitful, being a call for intimacy, when he says basola, be intimate with me, he says as a result of your intimacy will come increase. As a, as a result of your increase will come rulership. As a result of that will be dominion and the ability to subdue. So when we look at the example that God has given us, Pastor Toby, before he knew anyone, before he can take anything and add it to himself, the first thing you see in the life of Pastor Toby is the intimate relationship he has with God. The fact that irrespective of what is going on in and outside of him, 
he is going to make sure that the first thing that he's looking to keep is his relationship with God. So you will see his attitude towards the word. Do you remember when I spoke to you, I think it was last week, about the perfect covenant? But I started to tell you that what made Christ Christ was that he knew that what God was looking for was someone that would live according to what was written. He believed so much in the written word. He believed in the power of the written word. As son, he could have chosen to look for miracles. When taken into the wilderness and tempted, when brought to a place where he was hungry, the first thing that Satan would do was not ask him to make food. What Satan actually asked him to do was to do miracles. Go beyond the written word, he said. Change your situation by something extraterrestrial. Change your situations by something beyond you. But Christ showed us the example that we are to follow. Follow the word. Commit to the word. So again, my emphasis or what I feel like I had to remind you this morning is the point of intimacy is the first call. The foundation upon everything that you will have in life. If you get intimacy with God right, then you will see and experience increase. Then you'll grow to rulership. So as I was saying with Pastor Toby, Pastor Toby was a man that you could see that the first thing you knew about him was intimacy. The other day when he was talking about when he had friends that were living all kinds of lives, they were into um, um, fraud and girls, and he had every reason to follow what they were doing. He could have followed the crowd because sometimes intimacy isolates you. When you're intimate with a woman, it isolates you from among or from every other woman. Do you understand the example? So sometimes the call of intimacy may make you have um, calls or times in your lives or phases in your lives where you have to actually say that I'm willing to look alone in order to really be with him. So we look at Pastor Toby as our example, the example that God has given us. Intimacy then brought increase. You saw the church grow from three people to 50 people to 100 people to 1,000 people. For those of us that were part of the revival of 2016, you remember that it wasn't at that time for a church and the structure or the progression of a church, the worst thing you can do when you've lost your building is to go into further oblivion, to hide to go into obscurity. That's the worst thing you should do. In fact, you should be finding ways to show yourself more. But the core was intimacy. Go back into where? Go to um, Ashburnham. There, it's nothing fancy. It's just hours of prayer. It's just hours of the word. It's just hours of worship, seeking God, because that's the foundation. That's the power. That's the life that comes through us. And what did we see as a result of that intimacy? we saw increase. When increase came, you saw rulership in the nations. Men and women, even those who are considered, consider what PT said on Sunday about equilibrium, people that are not even the best behaved, but all of a sudden they have to pay homage to him now in order to seem like they're anything. How did we grow into this dimension of the nation or this dimension of our walk with God? It started from intimacy. So do not allow anything to come and take or occupy that space that God is looking for. What God wants first and foremost is for you to be close with him. And like I said, God is not ignorant. 
God knows how frail we are. He knows how weak we know we are. He understands us more than we understand ourselves. And that's why he gives us the word. So today I wanted to just go through some Bible scriptures that I was reading today and I thought were interesting. There's no fancy story for me to tell you, a great revelation for me to tell you, but it would just be us reading scriptures and different translations of scriptures so that you can take from today something to tie up the many words that we've been hearing recently excluding the words that we're hearing from pastor toby from the podcast to the thursday service to the sunday service this will now be about our 12th word in such a short time again why is god speaking to us like this you saw it yesterday because he can see that in you there's evidence that christ is there and with excitement, God cleans you. That's what we saw with he prunes. He cleans you. When he cleans you, it allows Christ to be seen greater and clearer. So let's start off with Luke, I believe was the first scripture. Let's start off with the, um, Luke chapter 11. And let's read from verse 27. Verse 27, please. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Because I don't want to take too much time, I would have made us go into what he was saying. Christ was talking about a number of things. I think he was talking about when a spirit is cast out of a person, where they go and all the things that happen. And someone out of the intensity of what Christ was saying could not help themselves but speak aloud saying, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. You know, someone got to a place where they appreciated even your mother because of how much you have brought to them. They appreciated those that gave birth to you because of how much impact you are bringing to their lives. But Christ gave an answer that was even greater than the declaration of the woman. What does he say in verse 28, please? He replied, yeah. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Christ said this even, so do you know what he actually said here? The woman recognized how blessed, how much of a blessing Christ was and said that it means that God has actually isolated your mother. Oh, you understand what I'm saying to you? It's like in this present day, you would say that the mother of Cristiano Ronaldo is very blessed because of how much of a talent Cristiano Ronaldo is. So this woman has seen the blessing of Christ and said, oh, I would wish to be your mother. I would wish to be her. But Christ actually turns it back to her and says, listen, what is more blessed than the woman that gave birth to me? What is more blessed than the person that has some form of entitlement to me? The one who hears the word of God and obeys it. These are the things that God says that as we almost put, how do we respond to all the words we have been hearing? These are the words that God has given us this morning. He says, look, you are more blessed than anyone. You are more blessed. If you think I'm so much of a blessing, hey, there's a blessing on you. That's even more greater. Should you be the person that hears, but not only hears, obeys. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So as we prepare ourselves for the word tonight, and we may not know what the title is or anything, but we know that if we can enter today's service 
with, with a resolution that I am going to practice whatever I'm about to hear. God says that there's a declaration from heaven that says that that's the blessed person. And I know that today it may feel like you don't have the things that the world called, you may not think that you have the things that the world looks like or what they define as blessing. But God says, no, this is your way to the blessing. Yeah, you may not have the houses, the cars, the, the, the fame and all of these things, if these are the things that you're pursuing. But God says, look, what you're doing today can already set your tomorrow. Do you remember when I said to you that whoever you're going to be tomorrow will be determined by what you're doing today? So I want you to say this in your heart that blessed rather are those, blessed is me, who hear the word of God and obeys it. Let's move to the next scripture, Romans chapter 2 verse 13, please. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. What is God declaring over your life? I want you to know that what started Jesus Christ's ministry was the declaration of God over him. When you look at the church today, the church has become a body of just talkers. Their talk, their speech is empty. There is nothing of substance that comes out of them. All they do is talk. They quote scripture after scripture. But the reason why we don't see the blessings over their life is because there's no declaration over them. You can be talking everything, but there must be an act that provokes God to declare something over you. So what started Jesus' ministry here on earth? that he took heed to God's word, which was that he must be baptized of John. And when he came out of the water, then the heavens opened for God to declare. Because the beginning of anyone's life is the point when God declares a thing. So with Christ, he says, this is my beloved son. God reckoned himself to him. God showed his approval publicly of Christ because Christ was someone that not only heard what the word said, not only read it, but he was diligent enough to go and do it. This is the point that I want to share with you this morning, that with the many words that we have been hearing, God needs you to be daring enough to at least put it to practice because it's the moment that you put these words to practice that you provoke God's declaration over your life. Do you remember what God said to Abraham? Abraham had got to a place where he had left his father's home. He had left everything he had known. He had left his country, his own household. And look at what scripture then said. Even when Abraham made a mistake, went to Egypt and began to live to, for the preservation of his own life. The Bible says that God had to come to the house, to the chambers of Pharaoh and make known to Pharaoh the declaration he has over Abraham. That don't you know that this is my prophet? Don't you know that this is my friend? So what I want you to understand this morning is that our obedience to the word. And I'm not saying that you have to be perfect at this point, but God says at least practice. Because practice will lead you to perfection. But he says that if a man can take heed to his word, what you would then do is provoke the declaration of God over your life. When God begins to declare a word over Paris, over Chrissy, over Sicily, what happens is that mammon has to hear it and attends to God's servant and son. There are things that do not come to you because God has not spoken a word over you. No, is this still too far for you to understand? Okay, so you look at Job. 
Job was going to experience a next level of increase in his life because now God had declared that this is someone faithful to me. So again, what you should be worrying about in this life is not what people has to say about you first. It's what God has to say about you. David, a man after my own heart. Did God say that to David? Did you see in scripture that God said to David, you are a man after my own heart? No, David had provoked God so much by his diligence and his passion for the word that God had to tell others. God had to tell prophets, God had to tell others that you see that man over there, he's a man after my own heart. This is the reason why kingship can follow. This is why men can be added to him because he was so diligent with the word that God had to speak a word. What is God decreeing over your life? What is God saying over your life? And if you're saying, how do I get into that position? That's why we've gone through the word. It's going to be your diligence, your passion how much and how well you honor what God has to say. And what does that mean? Should you get it wrong? How does your heart respond to your wrong? Because some people can be, no, my only thing is to cover it up. But you see the man that God is making, because remember what I said to you that Moses was the one that determined days. That was the way we can understand it. And God permitted him to do so. But remember that I said to you that, you see, when we saw Genesis 1.26, when it says, let us make man. When Christ came to say, come, let me make you. It's to let you know that every time you're under the word, you're still being made until you are his image. So what do we need to do, guys? We need to get to a place that there's nothing good or bad. God can be able to see that this is a man passionate about my word. It's not when bad comes that you begin to shy, shy yourself from the word. Because you see, shying away from the word is actually pride. Attempting to cover yourself is actually pride. But the person's heart that can be broken, the person that hears all these words and is saying, God, I want to be better. I want to please you. That's the man that God is committed to. So verse 13 says, for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law, who will be declared righteous. It's all the declaration. Verse 14, look how interesting this is so that you can know that there are people who are being blessed by God's word that are out in the world currently. Indeed, go on. When Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are, are written on their hearts. Stop there. No, so when we see some of the greatest people, they are able to create employment for the world. I saw a post the other day, and I was saying this to some people. It had a post of some of the, um, some of the known billionaires. And it says, billionaires are evil in bold. But when you read the, the comments, no, not the comments, the caption, it then goes on to show you that these evil billionaires, evil in quote, billionaires, look how much people they are employing. And because of how much people they are, they've brought into employment, millions across the world has food to eat. If they're employing thousands Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Imagine each thousand, each person having a family to them. 
Because someone was daring to follow principles. What is verse 15 showing you? That the word of God is never a read and paper thing. The word of God has actually, like I showed you last week, been inscribed in the hearts of all men. God set a covenant that there will be a day that I will set a law in their hearts. So it says they show that the requirements. So Gentiles have now become the evidence that the word is actually in the heart of a person. When you see a man that's able to face trials and testings, they are able to go against all the accusations of people, all the prosecution that comes their way that is false, and they're still able to stand. You see people who have a vision when they are nobody and they persevere. These are all principles that we find now in the word. What is that showing you? Why is it that we can see in the word? They may not have known as in the Bible, but they do it. God is just showing that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. So don't look far and wide. The word is near thee. Do not say who will go to the heavens or who will go to the depths. The word is near thee. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Why do we then go into the word? To make you realize what is already in you. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. So what's the point I wanted to show you here? That there's more. There's more to just committing yourself to hearing the last 11 or 12 words that we've been listening, that we have been open to. There's more to it. You would remember, and I may not go into it, but you remember when James said that, look, faith is incomplete without deeds. So what's the point I'm trying to get through to you this morning or this afternoon? What are you doing with what you're hearing? This is what, when I went on my knees and prayed today and then I went into the Bible, this is what I was led to. Okay, so with all the things that you are hearing, what are you doing with it? Because if you're only an hearer, you are deluding yourselves. You are deceiving yourselves. You're going to see that in scripture. Again, not Pastor Obi's opinion. If the word is something that, yes, you sat down here and you heard and you were saying, yes, sirs, as a response to the word. But when you left here, you did not really respond to the word. You are committing yourself to your own deception. James chapter one. Let's first start from verse 16 or so, actually. Verse 16. Don't be deceived. He my, says, don't be deceived, yeah? My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, yeah. who does not change like shifting shadows. God does not change. He's not going to bend for you. God remains consistent. There's no, you cannot find, another translation says, you will not find inconsistency in him. He chose, I read this scripture. This is actually the first scripture I saw. So every other thing came out of this. He says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. So listen, I know that God is still birthing the son in me if I'm still here where the word is. If my heart still responds to the word, what is God's process of birthing? The speaking of the word. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Do you understand what that means? Do you, know, do you understand what first fruits are? 
yeah? The first fruits are the first crops that emerge, yeah? But they are actually, they're not the complete harvest. They came first as a guarantee of the coming harvest. Do you understand what that means, actually? So, actually, do you know how I know revival will happen? By this verse. If I stay under the word, I become an example. I become a prophecy. I become a declaration of what's coming. Because your first fruit, a first fruit emerges quickly. It comes first. But it's a guarantee, not a maybe. It's a guarantee of the coming harvest. That's what first fruit means. Let's see how that is said and amplified, actually. Verse 18. We're going to come back to the NIV. So, Frank, you can leave NIV on the screen. I just need her to read it. It was of his own will that he gave us birth. Yeah. As his children by the word of truth, mm. so that we would be a so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself. What are we? So when we are being given when we're brought to birth by the word, we are a prime example of the kind of creation he's about to introduce to the world. This creation that God is forming are people who are consecrated to God. A people declared holy. A people that God knows and they know that they have been separated for his divine purpose. So now my guarantee of a revival is what God is doing with me. Can I be brought to birth through his word? Can I now know how to move in finances, based on what the word said. That's being brought to birth. Do I know how to engage with people according to the word? That's being brought to birth. He says, you are a prime. Read it once more for me. Go on. A prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself. Sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. Made holy for his divine purposes. So now let's go back to verse 19, but in the NIV. It says, my dear brothers, once you're there, you can start reading. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Yeah. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. But carry on, that's not even where I'm going. Verse Th 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Now slow down. I know you're not my Bible reader, but slow down. So verse 22 now says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Imagine if you're only in the dimension of listening, you're even, in, you're even deceiving yourselves. If you're only, if, so it's not that listening is bad, but if listening is your only, you're deceiving yourselves. The Bible says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceives yourself. It says, do what it says. Verse 23, we're going to read this in different translations. Go on. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. If you remember, I spoke to you about this in Youth Revival. The man in the mirror. It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face 
in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What does that mean? How does not doing the word or just listening to the word equate to a man looking at himself in the mirror and then forgetting how he looks like? What is God trying to show us here? You would understand from this scripture, and I'm going to make us read this in different translations, that what God does when he speaks the word to you is tell you who you are. No, you see that? That was very simple, but it's gone over your head. Every time God speaks the word of, of God to you, he shows you who you are. The moment you forget is because you've gone back to what the world says you should be. So that you can understand me, let's carry on reading and you see in different translations. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. God says to us, but whoever is there a remnant of people who can look intently. So when I said to your sister a time ago that, listen, every word, it doesn't matter what word it is, you find instruction into it. If you find instruction in the word, irrespective of what word it is, if you hear instruction, if you can just keep looking at it, do you know what intently means? You can't glance through this. You can't just quickly look through this. It can't be that it's after the hours up of the word and then you quickly go back to what you're doing. You must be deliberate. You must be diligent. You must be specific. You must, you know, you must be a student, actually. You know, when the Bible says, observe, 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 it's calling for a deeper care, a deeper level of paying attention. It says, but whoever looks intently, not just looks, but looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. So why is it that we're still in bondage to certain things? It's because you fail to look intently. Because it's going to be your ability to look intently that is going to produce freedom. But whoever looks intently, yeah? Into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. Let's read verse 25 again. Because you see, whenever you see the dash, if you're following... It, you can read it in two ways. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, they will be blessed in what they do. Did you hear that? You're not blessed in what you heard. You're blessed in what you do. Where am I going with all of this? After all you have heard, what are you doing? Because God blesses the things you do. He's not going to bless you according to what you have heard. He's going to bless you according to what you do as on the basis of what you've heard. If you want to read it as full extensive or in its full extent, um, extended way that is produced, it says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. So what is continuing in the word? In what you hear is not forgetting what you've heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. Let's see how the TPT puts this. We're going to read the TPT and two more translations and I'll let you go with your day. Quickly, please. From verse 22, From verse 22 still. 
don't just listen to the word of truth. This is what TPT says, right? And not respond to it. Yeah. For that is the essence of self-deception. Please read read it again. Because when I read this, I was like, so we are the ones deceiving ourselves. (laughs) Go on. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So when a person listens to the word and does not respond to it, the response for the word is not yes, sirs, even though that's good. The response is you're taking it outside with you. I told you, usually it's in the atmosphere of the word that we respond. But outside the atmosphere, we have forgotten it. We don't go back to it. We don't live according to what the word, according to the word that we have heard. We don't do it. But the Bible says, what is the essence of self-deception? Listening to a word and not responding to it. Not acting on what you have heard is self-deception. So Satan does not even get involved in many people's lives because they are their first deceivers. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you, COD? With everything we have heard, when we begin to say, you know, we're passionate in the atmosphere of the word, we are convicted in the atmosphere of the word, then when we leave, we do not respond to it. We do not act on it. That's like a man who looks in the mirror and quickly forgets how they look like when they've left. The essence of self-deception, the man who listens but cannot respond. So what does the Bible say? So always... So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Amazing. Verse 23. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Please pay attention to this. You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Every time you hear the word, God is trying to call back the prophet called Jeremiah, not the priest. Do you understand what I mean by that? You have been made according to, your, to where you've been exposed to. You've been made who you are today is according to social media, the words that people have said to you, where you've been brought up in or brought up from. But the Bible says every time the word is being spoken, what God is actually doing to your heart is revealing the man from the beginning. The man that God knew, the woman that God knew, he says to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Verse 24, what does it say? You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. The word is trying to show you, you would see in a moment, your divine origin. It's trying to show you that, yes, there's a basola according to the word, uh, according to the world, but there's a basola I have in mind. And every attempt of the word is to show you. So when PT says, when you finally know who you are, everything changes. That's the moment that the word has really, you have really caught glimpse. You've really beheld, you've seen who you really are. At that moment, you're not afraid of apparent lack. Why? Because you have seen the man that was with God in the beginning. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? You have seen your divine origin. You have seen. And sometimes it's when we look into the word, you start to see who you were. To understand how far you have fallen. And that's not to create condemnation. That's actually to produce more of a call and a cry for God. 
so that you can be restored. There can be, you know what we call the redemption of who you are. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those... But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty. Do you see what the word is called? The perfecting law of liberty. So all these words is bringing me to that perfection. But to activate the power of that law of liberty is in the doing. It is not just the seeing or hearing. It's in the doing. Are fascinated by go on and respond to the truth and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. These men are fascinated by and responded. Though, let me read it again. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. I, I don't want us to ever lose the faith and the belief that this word does produce the blessing over your life. We read the scripture earlier. The Bible said to us um, earlier that you see, when you look into the things of God, when you look into the blessings of God, it's, how do I explain this now? It's, God wants you to know and to believe that every good gift comes from God. It comes from above. So he wants us to know that you see these words, they are not empty. They're not just wasting your time. They are calling forth the declaration of God over your life so the blessings can follow you. Let's see how message says it. From verse 22 again. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Mm. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. This is the instruction today. Act. God is saying now with all that I've spoken, everything has been, the main topic of everything spoken recently has been intimacy. God's restoring us there. Act on what you're hearing. And, you know, sometimes what something that God showed me yesterday or put in my heart yesterday is that, you know, when I'm asking for intimacy, you're going to have to break certain things because you can't be intimate with more than one thing. You're going to have to break certain relationships. You're going to have to break certain heart desires or however your heart is knitted to certain businesses or things. I'm not saying do away with it, but let your heart not be there. It says, act on what you hear. Those who hear, yeah. And don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. When the word is done, the atmosphere is done, you lose, you lose every idea of who you are. When God speaks the word to us, he wants you to know that you are a leader. You are the deliverer of your brothers and sisters. You are the one in whom God has invested the ability to raise men from debt, from debt, from discontentment, to, from distress into being mighty men. It's in you. It's embedded in you. But the moment that you go out there, you forget. If we're going to bring about results now, God says you have to be someone who acts. 
So when I said to you the other day that you come into the word as we are going to do tonight, you come with a resolution that I'm going to practice what I hear. I don't want to just say mad word. I don't want to just say like, how did you get this revelation? I want it to be that, like I instructed again, one of your sisters, I want it to be that even if it's one instruction that I pick from that word, I'm going to take it and put it to practice. And if I was not able to gather it, I'm going to keep listening until I get at least one. Verse 25. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Did you hear that? So the things you do, you realize that God affirms the things you do. Why? Because you're no distracted scatterbrain. Your mind is not shared with many things. You're not a man, a woman of divided loyalties. You're not a man that's looking into many things. Your eye has been set single. You're looking into the word. It says you are no distracted scatterbrain. Your mind's not everywhere. You know what to give your strength and focus to. You see that man, that woman? of action, they will find the light in what they're doing because constantly God will be affirming. They will get into businesses and it will blossom. That will be God's um, affirmation over it. That's God declaring a thing over it. Let's look finally to J.B. Phillips from verse 22 again. Don't, I beg you, only hear the message, but put it into practice. Otherwise, you are merely deluding yourselves. Yeah. The man who simply hears and does nothing about it is like a man catching the reflection of his own face in a mirror. He sees himself. It is true. But he goes on with whatever he is doing without the slightest recollection of what sort of person he saw in the mirror. Please read that again. I need to catch up with it. Read from where it says, don't, I beg you. Don't, I beg you, only hear the message but put it into practice. Otherwise, you are merely deluding yourselves. So don't start, don't be your own enemy. Don't be your own deceiver. How do we avoid that? Again, reiterating the same point, be a doer of what you hear. Let the word be broken down in its simplicity to you. Why do you have notes? So you can break down that word you're hearing so that there's something to practice. Otherwise, you, you are merely deluding yourselves. The man who simply hears and does nothing about it is like a man catching the reflection of his own face in a mirror. He sees himself, it is true, but he goes on with whatever he is doing without the slightest recollection of what sort of person he saw in the mirror. He did not give consideration. He had forgotten the kind of man that God is trying to show him to be. So why do we sin? We forgot the kind of man we are. Why do we fall short? We forget the kind of man, the kind of woman that God is saying, this is actually you, you know. But the man who looks into the perfect mirror of God's law, the law of liberty or freedom, and makes a habit of doing so, of, and makes a habit of so doing, is not the man who sees and forgets. He puts the law into practice and he wins true happiness. Let's end this with James chapter 2. Read from verse 14. 
So James then went on to start speaking that your faith will only be complete with your deeds. You, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing. That's the first part. But the affirmation of God over your life, what makes us know that you are blessed is, are your, are your bonds being filled? You see why I wanted to get why I wanted to get into the scriptures because you see faith is empty and dead if we say we're taking Europe but we're not doing anything about it. This is where I come into the instruction part. When we say these things, when we through the word we've heard Pastor Toby say things like this is the most global church of the nation. Europe has been given to you, and sometimes we can look by sight thinking this is all we are right now. But you see, every time you hear the word, the word is actually showing you who you really are. Access to that person is believing. But remember what the Bible says through Christ, what believing is. How do you measure believing? It says anyone that believes will do. That's the words of Christ. Believing is not a mental capacity. Believing is actually seen by what you do. You remember, again, let me quote that scripture once more. Anyone who believes would do greater. So how would I measure your belief system, Kelvin? He just says with a glory that we need to make an alternative to Hollywood. And you see that vision? It's bigger than you. That's how I know it's God. Because you're going to need God to help you see that fruit. You're going to need God to help. And when I say see it through, it's because the, the growth of something, there'll be the times that you start something with hype. Then things will start to slow down and it looks like it's not working. No, your faith is what makes you persevere. So I've seen people give up on a business because right now it doesn't look good. And I realize it's not the business, it's not the person, it's their lack of faith. Because the, when your testing of your faith is going on, it's so that it can produce perseverance again what I said to you the attribute of the successful how did they get there because it was handed to them don't be foolish don't even think that Donald Trump became who he was because his dad was successful he had to fight in his own way so what does God say to us what good is it my brothers and sisters go on if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds what good how is that fit for purpose? How does that amount to anything if you're just someone that's constantly hearing and says, I have faith, but do nothing about your faith. There's no body to your faith. There's no deeds to your faith. He says, can such faith save them? Can your mental capacity save you? No, there's something you must produce. Suppose a brother or a sister is is without clothes and daily food, verse 16. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What is God trying to show you? I love that he had to use 16 to explain 14. That the physical world is not something that God wants to do away with. You're actually meant to use your faith to act, to um, to create, act out in the physical. No, so what I'm trying to say is that people believe for great finances but have not committed their body to anywhere physical. They have not put their body into reality. 
So you see the, the church that we are coming out from, our predecessors, there were people that can remain in night vigils, night after night, constantly engaging in the spirit. But they've completely removed themselves from the physical. God says, no, there's things in this physical world. That's why I've created it. You can't just say to somebody, go in peace, keep warm and be well. It says, if you have not got to a place where you can provide something physical to meet their physical needs, what good is that? So your faith must be seen. So how do I see a faith of a Chrissy trading family? She has heard a word, and I hope the word is the conviction to be a giver. Then something drops in her heart saying, let me try trading. And then she get, begins to build, and she's not going to stop with the trading as it is right now because what God has made you to be is his image, a creator. So eventually, you're starting with trading as it looks like. You can be trading Forex. You can be involved in stocks or crypto. It doesn't matter. But what happens is that your constant faith Every time you hear the word and you begin to believe, eventually you access a part of you that is God, that you begin to create something that other people will then start to follow. That's what saves you. Imagine if Noah was only speaking about the flood, but he was not building as he was speaking. Would that faith save him? No, your faith is known by what you do physically. Would we take Europe? Are we establishing souls? So when PT says that we should start raising souls for our physical services, these are practices preparing us. Can we still say that COD can bring 50 people? Can we still bring people in, 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 in um, minibuses? Can we still do that? Or have we become business people that we have neglected that part? No, the word shows you who you are. I thought about the time when I taught you about the man who discovered or the priest, or the king that um, discovered the book of the law that was hidden in the temple for years. And it told him who he was. No, every time you hear the word, it tells us who we are. Verse 17, let's start to wrap this up. In the same way, faith by itself, if it, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So imagine, all you're listening is still dead. You will have no motion. There will be no movement unless accompanied with action. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. What does he say? Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Verse 19. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Do you, you understand what that means? That faith alone still makes you equal to even demons because they believe. In fact, they believe and they fear. They shudder. <laughs> they believe, but you see what makes them not in God, blessed by God, is because their deeds does not follow through with what they believe. So it says, you foolish person, go on. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. That's the point I want to use to summarize everything. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. 
So COD, listen, why? You see, we hear the word, we speak the word about, for example, let me give examples, the houses. It will be completely ignorant of us to say that because of the faith of the word on the houses that we don't look for houses. Guess what will happen? You will never have a house. No, you actually, so what happens is that your actions, you do things because you believe what you heard. And with faith, you then say, God, I'm doing this as, an ex as actions to show that I believe. But ultimately, you will do it. No, do you understand what I'm saying? So Abraham tried to use his son as an example that he believes. But ultimately, what happened? God gave him what to sacrifice. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So COD, I want you to keep these words in mind as I wrap this up now. As we end this afternoon, I want you to know what is sound minds? It's the body of your faith. Verse 26 went on to say, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So out of the word, you came up with an law house. Out of the word, you came up with sound minds. And these are your businesses, but also your life. You take principles from scripture, love your neighbor. You take scriptures that says that, look, this is God's will. Do not fall here. And you go back and you put it to practice. That's what separates you from the world. From those that just says, oh, I don't, I don't fornicate. No, you do it because of what you heard. It's an expression that you believe God. So what's the, what's the, the simple instruction? Act on what you hear. Remember what Christ said in Luke 11 verse 27. Blessed are those who hears the word of the Lord and obeys it. So don't deceive yourself. Do what you're hearing. I love you guys. Enjoy your day. Bye guys.